0: Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm your co-host Jackie Spinell and I'm Hannah Meera Plotkin. Let's dive right in. Hi everyone, welcome back to this week's episode. Woo. Um, as we're recording this, it's, we're recording a little late, but it's 6 48pm on Thursday, November fifth, And we're really excited to talk a little bit about the election. We don't have all the results. And I'm not sure if something will change between now and tomorrow when this will be presumably um, um, uploaded. However, we are very excited to be talking a little bit about our thoughts.
1: Yeah, I think this is just such an important episode to have. I know, I don't know about you, Hannah, but a lot of people have reached out to me on social media or in school asking if we were going to do um, an episode this week talking about the election. And when I say a lot of people, I mean my close family members and one special friend.
0: But, um, (laughs) um,
1: But I am very excited about this week's episode. We are going to also talk about our personal, how we're feeling about it and our thoughts regarding the election, not just like an analysis of which states went blue or which states went red or right. electoral colleges. Because I think, you know, you can find that information on MSNBC, uh, New York Times and here Fox News.
0: So- I love the Associated Press map. Have you seen that one?
1: Yes, I have. I've, I've looked at a lot of them. I love that one. Yeah. Um, Hannah, so do you want to start out with the very intriguing icebreaker
0: question? Oh, do I ever? Yeah. So Jackie, will you please tell me a little bit about a state that you've always wanted to go to, but you've never had the chance?
1: So I think a lot of states fit in this category. I'd really like to visit Hawaii. I hear it's beautiful and also interesting because of the history that I don't know very much about. Hannah, what about a state that you'd like
0: to visit? Well, I would like to visit Vermont. (laughs) Okay, I was waiting for the cheers there before I continued my thought, I'm sorry. Um, In addition to that, I feel like Idaho, because why not, that'd be a cool state. I've also never been to California, that sounds fun. And maybe even, have I said Vermont yet? Yes. Okay, well then I will not repeat myself. Maybe Wisconsin, because supposedly they put cheese on the road. Oh, hmm.
1: interesting. So to start off this, the actual meat of this episode, or to our vegan friends, beyond meat of this episode.
0: No, um, you do not just say that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um we wanted to talk about what a Biden win will mean for the future of this country and what a Trump win will mean for the future of this country. So I think you got you all can, if you've listened to the past couple of episodes, you all know that Hannah and I are very strong Biden supporters. We are I I identify as a liberal, even if I don't like to put a label on myself. But I I'm I'm not necessarily, I think there's there's a lot of people out there Hannah I don't know if you're one of these people who are uh, settle for Biden people and there's some people who are Biden supporters and I think this is interesting and I haven't really I haven't really called myself one or the other but I do I am in huge support of Biden I do like what he what he uh, believes in I I like a lot of his his um I guess ideas or plans for the future. And honestly, for me, it's anybody over Trump. But I do think Biden's a good a good choice. What do you think, Hannah?
0: So I think I am more of um I, I don't like the, the the label settle for Biden because although he wasn't my first, you know, pick for um for maybe the Democratic nominee, I actually surprisingly I liked Amy Klobuchar. Um she, I I didn't do so much research on that. I thought that she was an interesting candidate. But um, I'm not, I'm, I'm a settle for Biden person in the sense that I think that every single candidate has their flaws. There's always going to be things that you agree with. And there's always going to be things that you disagree. with. So in a way, I could have been a settle for Obama person, because it, I there's definitely things with his, you know, economics and things like that, that I may not necessarily agree with. And, you know, his and Biden's plans for business for small businesses. And so in a sense, I'm a settle for Biden person, but also I'm gonna be supportive of whichever Democratic nominee is on the ballot because at this point, you know, I think also Trump has um I feel like I'm kind of snowballing here, but I feel like Trump has kind of um he's not really a Republican anymore. I feel like he's kind of um past his um party's platform's usual ideas and he's more um sporadic and spur of the moment and he just goes by what he wants and not really by what his party and the rest of his party want. Like for an example, my governor is um, a Republican, Governor DeWine, and he is like always, you know, disagreeing with Trump and he's always like, this is not what our what our party is for. And I mean, he did accidentally test positive for COVID-19 on the same day he was supposed to meet the president and thus couldn't visit him. And you know, that could be, you know, him just trying to get out of a meeting with Trump, but, you know, we never know. So do you have thoughts, Jackie? I completely
1: agree with you, Hannah. I think there are a lot of Republicans who are like that. One uh, person who comes to mind is uh, Christine Todd Whitman, who was the former governor of New Jersey. She, I, she spoke she spoke with my school on a Zoom meeting, Zoom assembly, uh, the other week. She was very interesting. She is, like I said, she's a Republican, but she does not support Trump. She's a, she she's a, a huge environmentalist. And I think I think that Trump has made it clear over the past 4 years that he only cares about himself. And something that, you know, always pops back to my back into my mind is something that Ethan Gray said a couple episodes again about how Trump doesn't have a politician's filter. And this is, I think, pretty obvious if you just sort of hear him or know who he is or how he how he speaks. But I think that having a politician's filter is something important in a leader. I think somebody needs to hear what other people are saying, digest what what they heard from them, and then either have a rebuttal or accept their thoughts and and maybe like work through it. You know, you can't just be spitting out whatever you want, especially if you're the leader of something so large as the United States of America.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So for me, I, like you, Hannah, I'm gonna be in support of Emmy, any Democratic not uh, candidate who or nominee who's on the ballot. I think that uh, Trump is just, he's just not fit for president.
0: I agree with you and I think in a sense he has kind of his whole idea is that you know America freedom and all these things America's so great I mean his slogan is literally make America great again and he's always talking about freedom and like how masks the idea of how masks take away your freedom and your you know rights to to self to self-determination and to um free will but yet then he won't give the same freedom to um, LGBTQ. L- oh my gosh, I can't talk LGBTQ folks and people of color, and he's really ignorant in the sense that he really only does things to benefit himself. I mean, if we look at how he's, I'm just most familiar with this topic. Um, above all, he yes, he moved the United States embassy to Israel. Except, I have no reason to believe that he would actually be in support of us Jewish people or the state of Israel if it somehow didn't benefit him. I think right now he has this mutual agreement with Netanyahu. They're clearly in cahoots. There's clearly lots of trade of weaponry going between the two countries. And if this relationship with Israel didn't benefit Trump back, he would not be in support of that. So I think he doesn't support people that don't support him back necessarily. And that is something that, you know, is really frustrating in a in a president. I mean, if he's not going to support women because I guess we don't give him enough in return, then why then why vote him to be our president? That just makes no sense.
1: Exactly. I I agree with you, Hannah, and I think also I think a lot of people aren't aware that Trump didn't always he used to be de- a, a democrat. Oh he, my gosh. He he that oh. was his stance, but he completely shifted and just because he, he wanted to say what the people wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, these aren't like, yeah, like my views can change. My views can shift, but I'm not shifting my ideas because you want to see my, my views shift, or you're going to elect me because my views are shifting. I Mm want to say what I believe in so that I can make a change. And the change that I'm making is the change that I want to see happen. And I think that's just, an idea that Trump just doesn't doesn't see.
0: You totally bring up this really good point of how Trump kind of takes advantage of the American people. I think he, and this episode by, by all means is not necessarily meant to just completely diss Trump. We're gonna move on to other topics in probably like two minutes. So if this isn't your cup of tea, you can feel free to skip ahead. But I saw this um, article um, where there was a quote from Trump from a long time ago, and he was like, Oh, if I ever run for president, I'll run as a Republican. Those people don't really care what you say. They'll just vote for you anywhere. They're the stupidest people I've ever met. And that just goes to show that he genuinely just doesn't care. He's just going to say whatever he wants with no filter. He just, it, it just doesn't matter to him at all what happens. And he's just going to do what's good for him. And that's just going to be the end of it. There's no reconciling with um, with actual freedom. There's no reconciling with kindness and understanding. There's just, he's lost hope of all that. I uh, lost track of all that.
1: Yeah, I think you bring up a very interesting point, Hannah. I just want to briefly highlight some things that Biden will do that maybe Trump won't, uh, starting with having having a clear plan uh, for COVID-19. I think this is something that the Trump administration has lacked since March or even before then. And I think, I think also um, climate change is a huge issue for me. And I know that this is also something that people don't always agree with. And I accept, I disagree with you, but I accept where you're coming from, abortion. I think this is a huge issue and I just, I am personally for the liberal stance on abortion. I'm very uh, pro-choice, but this is something that I also believe in strongly.
0: Yeah, I think one really important thing that Biden, well, I love what you just said, by the way. Um, I just wanna continue the conversation. Um, I think he is going to really work to put us back into the Paris Agreement. Which, for those of you that, that don't know, it's a global kind of response to the threat that climate change poses uh, poses, and it's really a way for us all to bond together as, you know, as nations across the world and solidify our commitment to reversing the effects of climate change. And Jackie brings up such a good point about abortion. I mean, if you're going to take away the right to an abortion, I mean that's literally taking away the uh, like women's basic basic rights to choose you know what happens to their own bodies and why are there these you know white old men that are deciding what I can and can't do with my body I mean there's so many scenarios that I can think of where I may need or someone else that I that's close to me may need an abortion if you're not ready for it, financially, emotionally, if you didn't if you don't even want to become a mother, like think about all that trauma that you're putting your body through. And even I'm just gonna say if you ban abortions safely, people are going to find other ways to harm their bodies in a way to abort a child. So by banning abortions, you're just the ban- you're just banning safe abortions. You're not banning um, other ways that I'm sure people will, um, come up with to to get rid of something that they don't want.
1: Yeah, I think you bring up a very interesting point. Again, I, I know we have a very similar stance on abortion, Hannah, and I think we've also talked to some people. Um, in particular, we've talked to Ethan Gray, who has a different stance on abortion than us. And I think that this is just such a controversial, interesting topic to to argue,
0: I think I just want to touch on the states for a quick second. Okay, um, I don't think it's well. I'll just say this: I think that the electoral college needs to be abolished. I think it's completely pointless at yeah. this point. Um, it. Why aren't we voting for why Why don't the people have have the the final say as to who the um the president is? How come it How come the land more how how come the land has a bigger say in who the president is than the people that just doesn't make sense to me and um I mean popular vote the whole idea is that the people vote for the president and so if the president isn't the one that wins the popular vote then like what it just it's so can it's so rooted in systemic racism um if you look back the whole idea is to minimize people of color's votes and that is so frustrating and so I just want to say that I really hope that we can, in our lifetime, abolish the, the electoral college. And um, I know that a lot of Republicans are completely against that because a majority of the time, Democrats, Democrats do win the popular vote, but sometimes not the electoral, the, co- the electoral college votes to get to 270. And so that's why Republicans are so, I guess, anti, I mean, so pro um, the electoral college but I mean, we're seeing how crucial Nevada is in this election. I mean, who would have thought Nevada? But like Nevada is still counting their votes. And so they're kind of, I mean, also Pennsylvania and Georgia and all these places, all these other states. But still, I feel like we're the um, the future of our country is kind of hung between like a couple select states that the rest of the country don't really have any control over.
1: Yeah, I'm also not a fan of the electoral colleges. I think like you said this system is completely just rooted in racism and I also just want to say that a lot of people think that this is the electoral colleges is you know written in the declaration of independence or the constitution I mean it, the founding fathers when they found out about the electoral college system they were horrified. You know, this is not this is not the idea of a democracy. This discounts up to half of a state's votes, which which is unfair if if you really, if you just think about it. I mean, logically, it is unfair. And you know, that can add up to just just discounting well, half almost half the country's votes. So even though it doesn't usually add up that way, that could happen. I think this also brings me to another topic, just talking about the Electoral College, I just want to highlight that social media and talking about uh, how social media has played a role in in the election and played a role in people's mental health post-election, it certainly played a role in mine. Yesterday, I was very drained because of, because I was arguing or argue, I was I was having civil discourse with people from you know seven thirty a.m. to nine p.m. just about the electoral colleges or or um, the whatever is going on in Michigan right now, which is I I think it's holy
0: heck of a heck. Yes,
1: of a- <laughs> um, but I think that. It's so important. Also, I just want to say to take a break. Take a break from social media. Take a take a break from from arguing with people. If that means that you lose one one debate from a person from one of your followers who you barely know, like you know, it's okay to take that take that break for yourself.
0: Totally. And I think I think you bring up this really interesting point about um, the media and the media's role in the election because it really depends on where you go for your election news to um, to, to really get a different to really hear what's happening in the election. I mean, I was flipping through, well, my mom was flipping through a couple of channels while we were watching the election on November 3rd, the evening, in the evening, we were flipping between MSNBC and Fox News, mainly focusing on MSNBC though, and CNN. And we saw that there were drastically different commentaries when we flip through, you know, the different channels. And I think it's kind of obvious in a sense, but also I could tell that all of the, all the different media outlets were just spreading um, false information just to push their own agendas. And so I think that this, this just whole idea of making sure that you're checking your sources is really, really important because when I flipped on Fox News, every time a blue state you know was declared they would be like oh shoot trump only needs this many more you know electoral votes to catch up but then as soon as you turn to msnbc or cnn then they'll do the same thing for the red states and i don't know jackie what was your experience with that i
1: i we were also flipping through a couple of channels specifically msnbc and fox news and I, I think I thought it was kind of hard to listen to Fox News, just because you know that's that's not the side that I gravitate towards, but I do think it's important to see multiple sides of the story. Sometimes, I mean, one is usually not enough and two is often not enough. It's important to see just multiple different sources and I think it's also important to make sure that your sources are credible reliable because you know, I had I had some issues with trying trying to tell somebody that I didn't believe. Um, well, I'll just say I didn't believe. I don't know if y'all if you all are familiar with with the I guess claim that like over a hundred thousand ballots were found overnight in Michigan, and <clears throat> one of my um, conservative friends. Posted this and I swiped up to their story and I was like, you know, these are called mail-in ballots. And they were like, Okay, so you're telling me that over a hundred thousand mail-in ballots for Biden were found before one was found for Trump. And I was like, Can you please send me a source that said this? And they sent me two very unreliable sources that were just some people who weren't even influencers, just some people who reposted this. And I was like, you know, I'm not gonna believe this. I'm not going to say, I believe this. I'm not going to say this is true or false until you send me a reliable source. And they were like, you know, you have to prove that this is wrong and not that this is an unreliable source. So I think it's just so important to make sure to hold your ground and make sure you're only giving into the things that are, that, you know, are factual or coming from factual sources. For example, MSNBC. Uh, I really, I really do like New York Times. I, I love that source, um, uh, even even Fox News um, and so many others um, that are not even coming to my mind right now.
0: Yeah, um, no, you bring up this really, really interesting point of mail-in ballots and it is statistically proven that more Democrats voted via mail-in ballots than Democrats. So it is completely, not crazy to see that yes more democratic ballots would be found you know in the the days after the election because those are the people that utilize the mail-in ballot you know way of voting they're the ones that utilize that I guess feature to the election and so I think that a lot of people are you know posting to their Instagram stories from just random Instagram accounts that are like oh my gosh 20 million I'm making up a random number and that is very very exaggerated I'll, I'll let me scale this down a thousand ballots were just found where the heck did these come from oh and like 85 percent of them are all for Biden and blue ballots and so that to me just isn't surprising we see time and time again that Democrats are the ones utilizing mail-in ballots and so this shouldn't be a highly contested um I guess, fact and notion. I also just wanted to bring up the fact that um, our current president, um, Trump, he is asking states where he is ahead in the polls. I mean, where he is ahead in the results to stop counting their ballots, but states that he's behind to continue counting their ballots. And so that is just a double narrative and a double um, standard right there. And um, I'm really not sure why people are so pro-Trump if when they're, when they're literally ignoring this this clearly illegal notion that he's trying to um to really um put into put into play
1: i think that's just pathetic you know you we hear about presidents that congratulate the the president that comes comes after them you know they shake hands they're civil about it they're happy for them because they too get to share this experience of being president, and get to be the one to lead the country. So I think it's important that a president is accepting of another winner, um, aka you know Trump being in support of Biden if he wins, and you know vice versa. It it, it goes both ways. So I also just wanted to touch on something very interesting about social media that a lot of people have been posting. Hannah, we haven't actually talked about this yet, but I've been seeing a lot of people post um, on their stories, things that are like, if you follow me and you support Trump, I'm gonna block you or unfollow me immediately or we can't be friends or we're not friends or something like that. I I've seen this a lot. And I think I I, I do have a lot of liberal friends. I, I, a lot of my friends have reposted this and I've seen it and I've been like, huh, like I, I do have some friends that are Trump supporters. And I think it's important to have friends that have different beliefs than you. And I think it's important to have multiple sides sides to every story. Like we're constantly trying to, trying to um, enforce on this podcast. I think this kind of just once again brings me back to the Girl Up Summit. How you want your friend group and your circle to be diverse with different thoughts. I definitely don't agree with with this. I don't. I think people who support Biden, I mean, sorry, uh, people who support Trump are supporting, even if they're not racist, homophobic, Islamophobic, uh, xenophobic, etc. I think that. They are supporting a man who supports and who is, without a doubt, xenophobic, homophobic, racist, Islamophobic, etc. And so, I don't, I don't agree with that, with that. But I don't think people should be posting this picture. What do you think, Hannah?
0: No, I completely agree with you. I think that we really need to encourage having discussions and having. Um, Dialogue between opposing views because this is how we grow together and we can really learn from each other. And if people are going to be, you know, really discriminatory against people because of their views, then we're really not getting anywhere. I wanted to also touch on this idea of how people and a lot of influencers, but also people who usually aren't very outspoken, are kind of posting about voting for clout and for, um, Um, attention, I guess, not necessarily attention, but, you know, not necessarily to actually encourage democracy and strengthen our country once and for all. Um, There's these influencers who are like posting about voting, but then they only actually started posting about voting on November 3rd. Um, And, you know, haven't been encouraging people to get registered to vote and all these things. And then they're like, voting is cool. Like, go, everyone go vote. But they're really just doing it for, you know, for for the clout, for the attention, to seem like something that they're not, and that's just something that I'm I'm really frustrated about. And I know Jackie, you probably have an opinion on this as well.
1: Yeah, I'm I I have I have like a pet peeve of influencers being a little tone deaf about, you know, social distancing, voting, and stuff like that. Um, I like. I really like influencers that even when they're very fortunate, they're still humble and they're still trying to encourage people to do the right thing by doing the right thing. One person that comes to mind is Haley Bieber. And I know she's not like a, a political figure or anything. She's like a model. But she, ha- I think, has been setting a really good example about why it's important to vote, why it's important to wear a mask, why it's important to social distance. And I know there's a lot of influencers out there. I follow a good a good amount of influencers. I just I think it's so important to even if you don't have a big following to set a good example. And if you do have a if you do have a big following, it's even more and more important to follow to set a good example, because there are people literally following exactly what you do and will do whatever you do. And so I think it's important to, if you, like we kind of talked about earlier about Trump, if you believe in something and um, for yourself, or if you believe in something, because you know, that's truly what you believe in, that's not what people are pressuring you to believe in, then try to make a change for that. Don't try to make a change that you don't, that you don't agree with
0: totally i think you're you're hitting on some really important important points about about how people are are really i like i like how you said it tone deaf people don't genuinely care they just want to do it for the attention and to seem like they're doing the right thing and uh, i've seen it also on tiktok and how there's a lot of Gen Zers encouraging other Gen Zers to vote, which is awesome, but they only start doing that the day of and the day before the election, instead of actually encouraging people to get educated on their views and to register to vote. And so I think that Jackie and I were really looking um, for some role models to be advocates. And um, I think that we should all take it upon ourselves to whenever we're passionate about something, actually speak up on it and don't just wait for others to do it and then follow in their footsteps
1: yeah um so i just wanted to i really just wanted to touch on um you said role models and and advocates and people to look up to i just wanted to highlight a couple of the the lgbtq plus people who have who have won um something in this election so i'm just going to go through a short list of people so starting with sarah mcbribe who is a Democrat who won a seat in the Delaware Senate. She will be the first transgender state Senator in the United States. Next, Hawaii has elected its only openly LGBTQ plus state legislator. Adrian Tam defeated a a GOP candidate with ties to the white supremacist group Proud Boys. He joins at least 117 LGBTQ plus candidates who have won their races nationwide. Next, we have um, Mari Turner, who who won the race for Oklahoma state, Senate, state House for District 88 and becomes the first non-binary state legislator in United States history and the first Muslim lawmaker in Oklahoma. Now we have uh, Florida has elected its first LGBTQ plus state senator and the first black queer woman. And we have Mondaire Jones, who is a black gay man, won his race and will represent New York's 17th congressional district in the United States House of Representatives. We have historic LGBTQ plus win, which is Kim Jackson has been elected to Georgia State Senate. She's the first out LGBTQ plus state Senator in Georgia. We have Taylor Small who, who is making, who is now Vermont's first transgender state legislator. So cool. Awesome. And um, this is the most diverse group of openly LGBTQ plus candidates elected, which is elected in 2020. I am so proud of the country. I'm so proud of the individual people who have voted these people in. I'm all for, you know, um, the future is queer. And I'm also going, I got this information. There's this influencer that I follow. His name is Matt Bernstein and he is he, is, he does his eye makeup, but he writes political sayings on them. And I got this information from him. I'll make sure to tag him with a link to his Instagram.
0: That is so awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. I think that especially in times like these, we really need to focus on the good, even for a couple of minutes, because you just read a list of, what was that, like 10 even? 10 people who are, ser- who are making serious, positive change for all of us and who genuinely care about the rights for everyone, our freedom, our inclusivity. And that is so, so, so cool. And this is why we need to be civically engaged. And even though the election's coming to a close, election season, it, it's coming to a close, that doesn't mean that we should stop being civically engaged. In fact, I think it means that we should be more civically engaged. We should continue to phone bank for things that we care about, contact our local legislation, which I've actually done before, and it's so easy. You just call as a constituent. It's so easy, and you can actually make a change. And this is something that we should all be doing. We should all be looking at who our representatives are, and we should really be celebrating the diversity in our own country, even if it's not reflected in the executive branch.
1: You bring up such a great point, Hannah. It is so important to be civically engaged, and I think that it's so great to be just on top of what's going on, understanding what's in the media so that you can, you know, you're ready to fire back to people who are, you know, maybe saying lies or or just say something that you don't agree with. We all have our voice and it's so important to use it. So I, I guess I'm, I just want to say I am affiliated with Project Nine, which is a youth organization that works to get teens connected with politics. And Hannah, I know you're also part of, part of um, a number of organizations that work with, I guess, getting teens involved in their politics too. Uh, we'll be sure to link all of these. Do you wanna talk a little bit about that, Hannah?
0: Yeah, um, I'm sure you're all aware that um, I was doing this really awesome summer internship um, with Repair the World, and they often put on really great seminars where you can learn. It, it's also, it, it is a Jewish organization kind of, in the sense that they value Tikkun Olam, repairing the world. And I think that that's really awesome. And so I definitely wanna also check out Project Nine, Jackie.
1: Yeah, actually, Canary, Canary um, got me interested in it. And I think we'll, we, we'll be hearing from him next week or the week after, so
0: stay tuned. I, I'm really excited about the future for our country and I'm really hoping for a, for a strong win in the next couple of days. that's it for this week's episode of
1: dive right in with jackie and hannah
0: if you liked what you heard you can find us on instagram at dive right in podcast and jackie's personal instagram at jackie Spinell, and mine at hannah.plotkin additionally we have a, tw- a new twitter at dive right Two, where we post about upcoming episodes and really engage with you on that platform
1: Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen. You can leave any additional feedback at DiveRightInPodcast at gmail.com.
0: And you just... Dove right in.